Good evening and welcome to Chasing Prophecy on the UPRN Radio Network FM 105.3 in New Orleans where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenny Nicasi along with my co-hosts Sean Kelly and John Ventry and I think I should say it's Torture Tuesday again because yes. I'm not sure why our logo is sitting up there and we're not on which is I don't know why it's doing that because... It should not do that. But no. I'm hoping everybody had a nice evening. Okay, there we go. We have Laura there Lee in the background go. for some reason. Well, I hope everybody had a great holiday season. Um, and all turkeyed and seafood out from everyone's traditions, pierogies, you name it. Um, no, we have lasagna. Lasagna. Well, make sure everybody you go in the chat if you have any questions. We have a fabulous show tonight. And if you're interested on our second hour, we have Corby, um, the psychic medium that's going to be back on tonight giving many readings. So if you'd like to sign up, please make sure you post in the chat. Um, but we have a fantastic guest tonight. I'm pleased to say um, we've had him on the show, I think, a couple times during panels when we were doing some uh, <laughs> UFO debating. Um, so I think it's going to be a good evening. What we're going to discuss with our guest, Joe, um, go ahead, Sean, you go ahead and give me his last name. Monte, I cannot pronounce Montaldo. it. Montello. Montello. I just Joe, wanted to make sure I didn't Joe, screw that up. Joe Montello. <laughs> Mo Joe Montello. <laughs> oh, geez. Aldo. He is a Montello. Is that right? Did no. I get it right? Yeah. Aldo. No. Montello, Montello. I should know that. He's. He looks like it's an Italian name. I should know all that by now. Okay. Well, <laughs> Joe is. Daytime talk show, Montel. <laughs> That's somebody else, I think. Um, but Joe yeah. is the founder and national director of the ICAR, and that is the International Community for Alien Research. And he has close to probably more than that now. Um, since this was posted, over 7,000 abduction cases on file, which I think is pretty cool. And he's been a researcher, investigator, alien contact abductions and experience for over 20 years. He is also the owner of Paranormal Radio and the host of The Centralist. And I know there's another one on the flip side. I'm not sure, but I probably will mess that up too, Joe. Sorry. But um, he's been on a number of shows like Coast to Coast. Um, so he's going to be joining us in a few seconds. And I just want to bring him on so welcome to chasing prophecy fabulous joe <laughs> hey joe the man so guys are just doing there oh well let me tell you joe everything's i had everything set up tonight for the show my camera i got a new camera it was and i left the room for two seconds and come back i went to get a drink and then my camera was gone so i don't know what's going on with the camera in the stream yards but oh, okay. man, is that like the dog ate the camera excuse oh, i've heard that yeah 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 <laughs> um and i even did my makeup tonight that's not fair and i gotta take all this crap yeah, off my beard's great how often y'all you get to see that <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> So what we're going to discuss tonight, um, the year in review of all the things paranormal, um, going back as far as, oh my gosh, the, when the Pentagon released the, um, the file. So Joe, first off, for many people, we want to know how, I know you were a special forces person. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Um, how did you get into the paranormal and what made you decide to buy a radio station? <laughs> now the paranormal thing was weird. So I was I was in the I was in boot camp, 
these people kept telling me, these pilots kept talking about things they had seen, these people weird. They never tell me all about their lives. I'm like, whatever. I wasn't really interested at the time. Um, I got, when I got deployed to the Nimitz, these pilots would come in and talk about these things that would chase them around, follow them around. Uh, there was a couple of events that, that happened on the Nimitz. I was like, what the hell? I'm like, so I still, still though, I was trying to avoid us. You know, I grew up in, in the paranormal my whole life. It's New Orleans. I mean, it's just part of the history down here. Uh, you know, everything is paranormal. Every house somebody's died in, every house has a ghost. Everything in the quarter is haunted. So you just get used to it. I mean, you'll be sitting at Pato's and you'll look over and your drink sitting on another table. You're like, well, there wasn't no cute girl that did that. How am I drinking on the other table? It's, it's just weird stuff like that it happens a lot. But but when I got out, I got out, I was I was home on leave and I was helping a friend of mine. I was working uh, what they call harp duty. And that's recruiting duty. And I'm sitting there and these people would just come in and start telling me about these weird events that happened to their life. I had no idea why. I mean, at then I had to look like a jar head. My head was shaved, it was muscle rippled all. I just looked like, you know, why would you even want to talk to me? And then, uh, so they were telling me that when I got back, I was asking around. Some of the pilots told me about missing time events and stuff like that. And I was like, whatever. And, and it, it always went through my head. They need to get professional help. So I get home, I hook up with this company. It's a high-end company. I'm working for them in an electronics department. And uh, the head of the department just comes over one day. I mean, this woman's making, back then, 250000 a year. I mean, she's a big wig. She's got her kids, family. A husband's a congressman. He's actually a House representative. And she just told me about aliens abducting her. So I'm looking at her like, oh, you can screw with me. That's all I could think. I mean, this, there is no way. I mean, why would she tell me this? I mean, I could ruin her whole life. I could blackmail her whole entire life. I was like, why would you tell me something like that? A couple of days later, I went to go see a friend of mine who's working as a manager at a convenience store. walk in, and we're talking. This woman comes in between us and starts talking about her alien abduction. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm still resistant. And this happened to me before I left to go back to San Diego. This happened to me seven or eight times. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And why are they picking me out? Is my face saying, yeah, I'm a sucker? You know what I mean? Because that's all I could think of. I, I just couldn't think it was real. So I went back. A couple more people told me while I was in San Diego. Actually, some Marines told me. And uh, so I get discharged. I'm coming home. I went to go get my teeth cleaned at my dentist, all right? She's running for Senate, by the way. So she's a good friend of mine, good friend of the family. She's taking my teeth. And right in the middle of cleaning my teeth, she starts telling me about this missing time and this UFO, and she wondered if maybe it could be aliens. And I'm thinking to myself, you've got to be effing kidding me. This just cannot be real. I said, just, it was, it was almost like some weird movie was going to come alive next day. It was just strange. So a week later, Matter friend of mine, so we were going to a political rally. The, the person who's running was a good friend of ours. We didn't think they were going to win, and actually, they took off, started doing really well. I should say, the first time they won, this was their, their third time being up for election. So, we're all sitting around, and his wife comes and sits down next to me and starts telling me about how her, him and her get regularly alien abducted. And I'm thinking to myself, if I, was, if I was to stand up right now and say that to this whole room, you just lost the election. Why in the frick would you tell me this? So this went on for about two years, and I finally just gave in. I mean, I, I kept thinking all you people need to, but after when I started going through who the people were, doctors, politicians, fighter jet pilots, I mean, these people, policemen, I mean, other soldiers, people with pretty serious reputations. 
and they're just telling me this shit. And so I said, okay, I'm going to look into this. And of course, it's like a rabbit hole. Once you start looking into it, you can't stop. I, I mean, it just gets worse and it gets worse and it gets deeper and it gets deeper and it gets worse and it gets deeper. And, and the more you look in there, I met people like Melinda Leslie and Carla Turner. And I was like, what the hell is it? a military abduction? What the hell is all of this going on? Then I started meeting. I was speaking regularly, so I was, I was meeting contactees everywhere I was going. It just, I remember my first time going out to the Laughlin Conference. I must have spoke to 150 contactees slash abductees just sitting at the, at the bar and stuff. Uh, you know, because what happened was is that I walked in on, um, oh, I can't think of, she's a pretty famous hypnotist in the field. I don't know why I, her, her name slipped in my brain, but I walked in and sat on the case. And while they were talking, she was, you know, doing the spiel. One of the people recognized me and said, hey, can you let Joe speak a little bit? And we did. And the next thing I knew, without doing it on purpose, I kind of just took over, which is a habit or a bad habit at the time. And uh, so out of that, at least 200, I mean, at least 200, 250 new connections. Well, this was overwhelming me. I'm one guy. What do I know? I know squat. I'm, I'm sucking resources everywhere. So I got online and uh, I just started looking for people people to help me and out of a little chat room we had um, way back in the day it was on Yahoo we started recruiting people by 2019 we had about 150 people working for us and we were growing fast we had over 10,000 cases listed and we were growing fast currently right now the organization has 41,000 people working for it and over 95,000 cases so when I tell people, oh, yeah, y'all probably don't know what you're talking about, alien abduction. I mean, we're the ones who broke the blood type studies. We brought the great questionnaires, the reptilian questionnaires, and human questionnaires. Half of what you hear people regurgitate in the field comes from us. Uh, and we try to stay quiet. I mean, we never got into this to be famous. We got into this for research. I mean, I got it, it just like, it's just, I mean, I explained it. it just like pfft, took over my life. I'm spending money left and right. I got in the business for myself just so I could do this because working for people, there was no way I could do this. There was times I had to zip off. So I got into construction, started my own construction company. It was doing pretty well, still does pretty well. And uh, I just went on from there. And then I was working for a guy for Wake Up USA, uh, 1690 Riverside, Iowa. He's an AM station. He, he recruited me to come speak about UFOs for him. And because of him, the station was um, a friend of mine owned Pioneer Radio in Hong Kong and from 2017 to about 2000. He calls me up one day. He said, look, I'm getting out of the radio business. I'm going to turn over all my service, all my connections to you. I'm in Hong Kong. This is, what, three years before China went back to China. So I'm like, what? And I'm like, so I asked Jeff. I said, can I put your show, because he owned the show. I didn't. On the network, he said, no. I was like, you got to be shitting me, right, dude? I said, you know, if you live in Hong Kong, and he said, no. I said, okay. So at that point, uh, UFO Paranormal Radio was born. Oh. It, was, it was born, and before I knew it, we had 40 shows going full time. Uh, I got a call. Actually, I got a letter, and then I got a call. I got an email from a gentleman from the People's Republic of China, and I said, would you like to come with us to China? Of course, I'm like, yes. And then I get a phone call, and the phone call was basically this. If you don't talk about Xi Jinping, you're good to cut. They didn't tell me you couldn't talk about China, you couldn't tell about anything else. They said, just don't talk about Xi Jinping. And we've adhered to that, and we've talked nasty, but so we're in, I don't know, 15, 16 provinces in China. We're in Beijing. We're, in, we're all over China. 
Uh, so now we're all over the world. We, currently, right now, ICAR has over 60 directors just in Iran. I mean, in um, India alone. Uh, I mean, we we try to be everywhere, and because of the station and the organization, it allows me to get into u- unique positions. I mean, I've spoken to Washington Press Corps many times. I've I've met know, two dozen astronauts. Uh, I've got to talk to fighter pilots of all sorts, commercial pilots. I've just, I've just been pervy to information that most people want. And then, you know, my degrees are in advanced avionics and advanced electronics. I mean, some of the things you need to know, and advanced aircraft recognition, I got that on the USS Nimitz. One of the first things I earned was advanced aircraft recognition, being able to tell an aircraft a distance without binoculars or out, without being able to see it. It was crazy. It was just, it was just crazy. And then, and, and here we are 40 years later. <laughs> 80,000, almost 95,000 cases under the bridge. And I know a lot, but I still don't know a lot. It's it's weird. I mean, I know, I, I have literally terabytes, of probably more than 50, 60 terabytes of information sitting in this house. And there's copies at two other locations. But, and I still have questions every day. I've met senators. I've met Senator McDonald, who's incumbent. This guy calls me up. This was just too funny. I got to tell the story. This guy... We get a phone call from the Senate of the United States. This is, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago. I get this phone call, and, and I just looked at it like, yeah, whatever, and I hung it up because it had to be bullshit. I mean, what, what senator wanted to talk to me? Two days later, I get uh, I get an email with some credentials saying, hey, we'd like to speak to you. I ignored it. Uh, about a week after that, I get a vanilla envelope shows up in my house with a copy of his congressional ID, and his driver's license. And I'm like, wow, that, that's pretty good. Somebody's really going all out. And I still didn't believe it. I, I didn't. I ignored a few more phone calls. And then one afternoon, it was about three months into this, there was a knock at my door. And I swear, it was the first time I ever said, oh, shit, it's the men in black. <laughs> so these two guys, there was a black stretch limousine parked in my house. And two guys in black suits. I mean, they were Armani suits, head to toe. Black rap, like, oh shit, they come for me. I didn't piss somebody off. I, I, didn't, you know, I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of just panicking a little bit. I was like, this, this is too much. But the guy said, you got to come with this. I and mean, I'm thinking it's a bed. What am I going to do? Run. I walk out and get in the car, and it's the senator. And he says, look, you are one hard son of a bitch to get hold to. He said, you know, I'm a senator, and I can get, you can get hold of me. I said, dude, I thought it was fake. I, I, I was honest with him. He's seen, he was driving through New Mexico one afternoon, one, one evening, about 7, 8 o'clock in the evening, what we would consider a TR-3B flew over his car and shook his car. So he couldn't get, now this guy's in charge of appropriations and security committee. That's how long he's been in Congress. And he didn't know jack about this. <laughs> he gets me, I gave him all the information I've done. I showed him all the blueprints on it. He said, this is realism. And I said, you're, you're, you're the one to be appropriating money for it. Don't ask me if it's real. Mm. And, and so... He, he goes, he says, well, if I ever find out for the truth, I'll let you know. So seven or eight months pass, I'm thinking, well, you know, either he blew me off or maybe he, he shut him up or something. I get this long letter. I mean, this thing's like eight pages long about, well, I just wanted to let you know I have now brought it under my control so I know where the money is going because it should have been here. And this is like 5,000 F words behind it. And he sends me, because uh, I got a class in security clearance. He sends me a, a, a bonded book about this thick with four or five different designs of different, the Aurora, the XCL was like, they even had the, uh, the, they had future plans for what, what, what do they call it? The XR-71, XR-72B. 
I was like, get the fuck out of here. Excuse my language. I didn't know what to think, but he was honest. I still have him today. I still have the documents. We, we actually keep him in a, um, in a vaulted place now because I'm scared to leave him in the house. But How long ago was that that he sent that to you? Oh, that was, that was 20... Let's see. What is this? 2022. I want to say this was this was before the network. So this was like, let's see. They had just did a full page article on me in the Times Picayune, and it, it was like 2018, I think I want to say 20, okay. 2018 to 2020, somewhere in there. Because I had been doing this for 20 years. I was one of Mufon's big people for a long time, and then Martha and I were good friends, and I was like. Uh, after the um, golf breeze thing, I had to walk away. It was too much for me. So they went all out on it. It was real, real, real. They didn't make enough money on it. So then they went all out that it was fake, fake, fake. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. And I went down there on behest of some friends of ours and the person who was involved in this. I went down there. So first off, MUFON got all in a bunch because they found, they found the model in the guy's house six years after he moved out of his house. I'm like, really? Six years after he moved out of his house? Then they found a guy who said he made him. I said, well, that's great. He was 18. He's 18 now. That means he was 12. So you're telling me he designed these models at 12? I said, give me a freaking break. Yeah, but didn't the, what's it, wasn't the model like paper mache? And, yeah, it was paper mache. It was garbage. Yeah, but what they used was like newspaper, and the dates on the newspaper were after the Gulf Breeze sightings. Yeah. It, was, it was just the whole thing was just such a joke. Yeah, and well, then I met a, that was Jerry pretty- Black came on my very first radio show and wanted to talk to me about it. I didn't know who this guy was. He was one of the guys. He was one of the ones who went down there to debunk it. Oh, my God. You know, I was trying to be nice. That was my first radio show. I wanted to. Oh, it's that was. Whew, man, that thing got eating fast. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wish I could get my hands on uh, Jeffrey still owns it. And he, he only will sell it a batch. But that was one fired up. Oh, radio show. I think that's what kept me in the business. And I was like, wow, this is great. I tore his ass off. I said, wait a minute. We're going to go buy the documents. And we had a good call-in audience. So they just started calling in and said, this is why you're wrong. This is why you're wrong. He, he wasn't just defending himself against me. At least 100 people called in that night. It was, it was insane. Yeah. Producer but whoever, ran the show over an hour. Whoever made that paper mache model, if it was that kid, that was placed there to discredit it. Yeah, they, you know, there was there was a lot of him hawing around on who actually made it, who didn't make it. You know, I interviewed the kid twice. He was pretty good with paper mache, so it may have been him. But then he had this this woman we met while we were doing this. She was twenty four ish. She was she had, when uh, when we went to her studio to look at some stuff. She had a lot of paper mache stuff in there, hmm. so it may have been her. You know, it, it, it's hard to say because then so because I went there, when I was interviewing Ed Walters for like the third time. I'm like, well, look. I said, are you, I said, look, you know, I got degrees in voice stress analysis, right? He's like, yeah, I did. I said, are you willing to be voice stressed? And he said, yes, I voice dressed him twice. He passed both times clean. I mean, clean, clean too. And what was great about him, you know, I do a lot of interviewing with people. And a lot of times I'll ask a question and there's a pause. Generally when there's a pause, someone is thinking about the answer. That's never a good sign. So with Ed, it was just wham, wham, wham. Every, he was like Walt Anders when I did him. He, it was every, every, Every question I asked, he just answered without hesitation. And then I remember when I did uh, Travis Walton, Fire in the Sky, we actually, we had done a, a mirage. Five of the hosts were doing it on the network, and they were all ufologists. So I said, well, look, we need to sit down here. 
I want to make sure when he leaves that he's just stunned because every question I asked was no question he had ever had before. And the information I gave him, he was stunned by. I said, I said, well, I know there was there was a uh, FBI agent in the woods that night. I said it's been documented now. He we know he was up in the mountain that night. Not sure what he was doing, what he was there for, but he was on the same woods with you. And I said, did you ever stop to think, Travis, that they knew you were there? I said, not the FBI, but the aliens. He said, what do you mean? I said, even if they weren't there for you, there's no way they could have not missed a big, noisy, blaring light truck coming down the side of the mountain in the middle of the night. I said, just, it just, there's just no way they could have missed that. And I said, we, we've done enough research in aliens. If they don't want you to come out of a truck or something like that, you'll just stay. I mean, their, their psychic abilities are pretty good. I said, you just came out. Uh, I said, you were the only one that got out. You were the only one that even wanted to get out. I said, they knew you were there, dude. I said, there's no doubt that they knew you were there. And I said, if you let me regress you, I guarantee you this ain't going to be the first time you've been taken. And he's like, oh, ah, 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 yeah. And then, then we got into some other stuff, and he got really freaked out. About halfway, two-thirds through the interview, it freaked him out a little bit because he had never been interviewed like this before. He'd always been interviewed by a ufologist, no one who's ever done any real research. And he was kind of like, oh, he said, you know, man, you really know you shouldn't. He said, I, I just, I don't know where to go with this. He said, you guys gave me a lot to think about, and, and which was good. You know, I talked to him a few times after that. He seemed to have kind of changed some of his stuff around. And um, he just, he just, he, did, he didn't want to accept the fact that they knew he was there. And, he, and then I freaked him out when I told him he was a handoff. You know, most people, not a lot of ufologists or even abduction people know about handoffs, but they're out there. Handoffs are basically when the alien takes you and for some reason, instead of putting you back on their own, they decide to hand you off to the government. Now, what gave it away with Travis, because I asked him on air, I said, well, let me ask you something. I said in the book, it, it, it came down to these two people in, in white, um, what sounded like C2C suits to me. Could have been astronaut. He described them as astronaut suits, but it sounded more like what the CDC would do, you know, for disease control. So I asked him, I said, were they speaking English? I said, were they telepathic or were they speaking? He said, no, they were speaking English. And I asked him a couple of other things they did. And he's like, he said, you're right. That is what the CDC did. Do. <laughs> I said, they passed you. I said, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe the government got lucky and they decided to hand you off for some reason. I said, I'm not sure. It would explain a lot of what went on though after the alien abduction. So that freaked him out too. And I said, you know, we'll just we'll just go. Because we know there's been some other cases like that, like the Betty and Barney Hill case, uh, which they hate when I talk about that. But why is that, Joe? Why well, is that? The first time, you know, I had heard about I was still young the first time I had heard about Betty and Barney Hill. I heard them on the radio in the 70s. I mean, they, they were on the radio a lot in the 70s. And there was a lot of weird stuff about the whole case, but um, when Kathleen Marjorie put out a book, it got me to thinking about a lot of things. So she took liberties where Betty said it was a pull-down map. That's what she said. It's her words exactly. It was a pull-down map. Now, as far as I know, they are the only alien abductees that have ever said there was a pull-down map ever. So there's other things like everybody was dressed in black shoes, black pants, black shirts, black duckbill caps. I mean, that's you know who that is. I mean... I mean, there's a couple of agencies that use that, but still, that's that's typical, you know, either either disease, not disease, um, that could be FBI, that could be a lot of people, man, Homeland Security, well, back then it would have been Homeland, but a lot of people used it, that exact outfit when they were taking people. They also said stuff like they looped their arms under and walked them up a set of stairs. It's just, just not stuff you heard in alien ducking, things like there were swinging doors and there was needles 
and they were scraping samples, like with done with a razor. There's also fluid samples taken. I've done a lot of abduction chases. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've personally done a lot of abduction chases, and I had never heard anybody describe an alien abduction like that. And then she starts talking about the book. There's an actual book in there, you know. Um, the original story was it was paperback, then it went to hardback. Whatever it was, it was still a book. Like we would read a book, not, not, I've heard a lot about alien abductions. Again, I have not heard any books being in the abduction cases. Now, maybe afterwards, but not in the abduction areas. It's just, there was too much stuff here that sounded like, so this is what kicked it off for me. So when I, I was listening, uh, a friend of mine sent me, he had all the, all the, 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 the uh, regression tapes and all of the original uh, interviews they'd done in the 70s. So I'm sitting there listening to him. So they're talking about the hotel they stayed in in Canada because that's where they were. Uh, so they're talking in Canada. So when they talked on the radio, they could not remember the name of the hotel they stayed in. A little weird, but not completely weird. But they had breakfast across the street. They couldn't tell you the name of the restaurant or the hotel, even though they were sitting across the street from it. But that wasn't even the kicker. What the kicker was, this is classic Alien Abduction 101. So they stopped to ask for directions, right? I love this. One scene, a black police officer. One scene, a white Irish gentleman. It wasn't even a police officer. Completely and utterly different descriptions. There is no way you're both looking at the same guy and, and without some tomfoolery going on that you saw it in totally different people. And they repeated this and they never recanted this. That's classic alien induction 101. When you're seeing things that, because later on, you know, Military abductions follow after the alien abduction. Now, when you go back and look at um, at Mr. Hill's um, at um, at Barney's life, you'll find out that he was in and out of uh, um, uh, mental institutions. He had seen him even when he was young. So this guy was identified as a young age as an abductee. He had he Colonel lived in his house when he was young. There was military people hanging around that they personally knew. He married a white woman. No one ever gave him any trouble, trouble about any get invited to the White House to speak. This is 1965, 66 we're talking about here. This is just stuff that just didn't happen back then. Uh, it just wasn't, you know, you didn't walk around. A white and black couple didn't walk around D.C. or especially in the South without being ridiculed. But for some reason, they did. Nobody seemed to bother. Maybe it's because they said they were alien abductees. I have no idea. But it was a definitely weird throw off to start off with. So, but anyway, they know they had been tracking Barney since he was a young kid. I don't even think Betty was a contactee, but they've been tracking Barney since he was a young kid. They knew where he was going. They always had an item. Like I said, they had an actual colonel living with this is this guy is a post office. He's just working at the post, he's not even charge of it. He's got an Air Force colonel living with him. People, I don't know if y'all understand what colonel is. Colonel is like as close as you can get to a general as you can possibly get. Uh, I mean, that's it. These guys are way up in the military. Plus, he knew three or four more colonels that lived on the base right down the street from where he lived. I mean, they always knew what was going on in this gentleman's life. And, hey, Joe. And, and watched the whole time. Go ahead, man. Yeah, okay. We have uh, a, a, someone wanted to tell you something. Christina Lanthus. Um, wow, Joe explains kind of what happened to my brother and I. He still hates to think about it. Michigan UFO 1996 over Lake Michigan. It was a few months later. My girls and I had a visit and they said 
It was a horrible dream. It wasn't a dream. Two weeks of some twit from the DOD kept leaving messages. Some other guy's name. So one day I, an I answered saying wrong number and it was two months he kept stalking me. Well, if they, if, if they think you're real, they're going to check you out. So this is what I tell anybody when they're coming, if they're an abductee or in contact, the end, they, you know, made the criteria where we think they are. We always tell the people the same thing. It's not always good to come out. One, you one you better be used to some of the stuff you can do. It's like coming out of the closet. It's like being gay and coming out of the closet. Not, it's even worse today because being gay is actually easier today. Um, coming out as an abductee or someone who's been taken by aliens, today's society is not an easy thing to do. It's a tough thing. And I tell people all the time, you know, you can change the way your spouse looks at you. You can change the way your family looks at you. You can change the way your friends look at you. But it's worse than that. Because if you're an abductee with any real information, like you've been around the drives of systems or you've been where the, in, in the different rooms where they operate systems at, or if they've let you maybe drive or something, or they've given you downloads or things like that, you become a particular interest to the government. They think, okay, well, this, inf this person has information. Let's take this person and see what kind of information we can glean. As far as I know, the aliens will only let them go so far, and then they'll just retrieve them. But um, I know that I know our government is constantly looking for telepaths on a regular basis. That's why they closed the remote viewer because they felt that tele telepathy was better than remote viewing. They just thought it was going to be an all-around better product for them. Uh, well, remote viewing was good, but it just didn't give them the, all the information they were looking for. So. And that was officially announced in 2000 when Ed Dames and a bunch of them were basically laid off and the Air Force and Navy came out and said, we have started a telepathy program. We're looking for skilled telepathy people. You're never going to hear about it anywhere else. I mean, I mean, it was official. They made it official, just like they made it official that they were working on fission drives and fusion drives. And here we are now finally hearing about we actually might have one, which means there's a couple of them probably already active somewhere. But... The government wants to know the government. See, this is what people don't understand. I think I think what's hardest for the researchers, especially the UFO researchers, is the government doesn't really know that much. They're, they're kind of, you know, they've seen craft running, but they don't really understand why people are being taken and for what reasons. They don't understand what's coming in the future. They just they're just grasping at straws like most of the researchers. Are. They just don't understand what it, what it is. So they're looking. Plus, we're talking about extremely advanced technology. And we know any government would love to get their fingers on advanced technology. Yeah, but Joe, if they're if they're handing people off to the government, the government's got to have some relationship with them. Well, they got some. Now, I don't exactly understand this to be totally. See, when I got into this originally, I thought this was a relationship, alien government to U.S. government, but it doesn't seem to be that. It seems to be more like Bob the Gray with Jack. The, the men in black. It does. It seems more of a relationship like that than it does. And it weirded me out. And for a long time, you know, we put a lot of research into this. Uh, a lot of people working on this. And the reason why is this is I, when I got a lot of friends in the government. I'm not going to lie. Over the years, I made a lot of friends in the government. Having high security clearance means I can talk to people without, you know, they do a background check on me every four years. Like clockwork, the FBI does a background check every four years. So it allows me to be told things because I'm not a security risk. I'm not going to go, and I'm not going to get on the radio and talk about it because it's it's you know means prison for me, and um, it's it's and I've been sanctioned once or twice for saying talking about stuff that I shouldn't like EMP shield and stuff like that. But they have this relationship, but it really does seem like it's more like 
hi, look, Bob, I'm calling Jack. What are you doing, man? Look, I got some guys. and I got Travis Walton. You know, we had this guy. We don't really know what to do with him. He's, he was kind of weirded out, kind of freaked out. We're going to give him to you. Maybe you can kind of reintegrate him back in the system. You can check out what he was doing. Because I, I've heard this many times about these samples being taken, which suggests that our government is looking for the type of atmosphere these people are being exposed to. Uh, they're checking certain things on their skin, certain things in, inside their own air systems. Uh, they're really curious to, are these aliens breathing the same thing, or are we, or is there something else going on here? Uh, it's more um, than that. They, they want to get any biological research they can get on these aliens because one day it might be us or them, at least as okay. far as the government's concerned. Okay, Joe, uh, we have a comment from Nikki Jacobs. She says, correct, you receive a serious amount of shit even by the specialists for, from family. And yes, government becomes involved. It's not nice and not fun. But abductees need to know there are people who can help in way of groups and other abductees in support. And, that, and that's the point. Christina Wink. Yeah. I got I a lot of them, people. brother. <laughs> yeah, I tell this to people all the time. People say, do you need to come to us? I, and I got this rule about you should go to wherever you feel as snug as a bug in the rug. Same thing with religion. Whatever it is that makes you feel comfortable and feel safe and feel snug, that's where you should be. It's not going to be the government because the government is the government likes to use it's a I shouldn't even tell you all this. So they use hypnosis, what we call a pathic. Um, uh, it's like a soft pathic empathic scan they use, but they also use sodium mammothol and sodium pentothal. They use the two drugs. So even even a, a good hypnosis with using sodium mammothal, sodium pentothal can reprogram you to do lots of different things and also retrieve information. But using this telepathic scan also allows them to pick up information that that maybe you know sitting a couple of layers down, but it also allows them to really clean up those memories. See, the aliens really don't do that anymore. They don't really give you false memories anymore. So it's the government that does that. It was a weird thing. Somewhere around 2010, we realized our missing time cases were dropping off to nowhere. We were getting these weird gain times, weird out of time. We were losing missing time cases. It was, it was just it was just really, really weird. So it seems like what the aliens got smart is, one, they must be pulling us out of time now instead of just taking us and holding us. But two, this was really slick. They use loop memories now, which I guess the government can't do, but they use loop memories. So something that you do all the time, something you're not going to question, Maybe ride to your favorite hot dog stand, maybe your favorite ice cream stand, maybe you ride back and forth to work every day, maybe vacuum house, whatever it is that is mundane, you don't think about it, you do it, they loop that memory. So instead of you getting what all these false memories were, there is none of that anymore. And we in the old days, they always thought that things like owls and spaceships and all were cover memories. They're not. They're trigger memories. And what I mean by that is E.T. never has to let you see them. Ever. They don't have to let you see their craft or anything else. When they do that, it's so that they're hoping that you showed something when you were being taken that made them think, you know what, maybe if we give them a trigger memory, they'll start to wake up and they'll start to become part of this movement or whatever you want to call this. And it works. But it was a hard time for us. I mean, we went through 10 years of cover memory, cover memory, cover memory, cover memory. And one day I was talking to two contactees and another director. And we we're like, this is bullshit. This is not cover memory. These are trigger memories because... When you would talk to people about what they saw, it was instant, like they got into the field or they got something going around them or something else was going on. But it was definitely triggering them to do something. It wasn't really making them go hide or run away. It was, it was, it was freaky. But today, 
for the most part, we do identify those as trigger memories. Not all of them, but 99% of them, we do we do say are trigger memories now, not cover memories. Because uh, there's no real reason for them to cover them. I mean, ET doesn't have to let you remember anything, anything at all. <laughs> they don't have to let you remember anything at all. So that's what they're trying to do. And that helps you get little bits and pieces that you got there. You know, because let's be honest, whatever you're doing on board these ships, most humans are not ready for the whole truth when they're at home. So between trigger memories and downloads, um, it's an easier way to bring someone into the fold and help them become a communicator or a speaker or something along the way or a keeper or something that actually helps uh, with whatever the aliens are doing, which I don't know is a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest with you. Yeah. <clears throat> you want to chime in, John, at all? Yeah, John. John's going to shoot this bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a lot of questions, but, you know, uh, let's talk about what's going on with the Pentagon right now and uh, Lou Elizondo. You know, uh, you know, he made some statements about wanting to blow up the UFO field that people like you and me shouldn't be involved. Well, maybe you, you got clearances. I don't. But, uh, you know, they wanted all control through the, the Navy, really, you they know, did. through That's the it. Pentagon. So, I mean, wh what do you think about that, you know, that they want to control the narrative? Well, because, like I was just telling you, they don't know anything. So that's the problem. See, if they knew what the aliens were doing, there wouldn't be this need to control everything because you could, you could then you could just go out like any good television does and run a narrative with it. But since they're not exactly sure what the aliens are going to do or when they're going to do it, it, it kind of puts them at a disadvantage. So they, so they realize now there's been enough evidence and, and enough secret programs that they realize there's something real going on here. Even though just the other day somebody came out and said, "Oh no, it's not real," but then I noticed yesterday. Uh, one of the other congressmen was saying, no, we want to run a whole field on this. We want to control this We want to, uh, yet again. We want to know what's going on. So they've seen enough evidence that they know there's alien visitation to this planet. Yeah, but, you know, when you press them on that question, they tell you that the UAP is real, the UFO. Uh, but when you ask them about aliens, they back away. We don't want to talk about aliens. Uh, you know, we're, you, not, we're not talking about, you know. Medicine. You know what I do? Um, I, I'll tell you one of my favorite things to use on them. Is a, is a World War II Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters are great. Obviously, there was nobody. It wasn't ours. We've already said they weren't. They weren't right. the Japanese. They weren't the Germans. They weren't the Chinese. They weren't the, the Brits. Nobody had these things. But yet, every Air Force and every Navy in that battle seen them. Everyone. Without, without, every, without fail. And they all did things that the only thing that can repeat them today is a drone. It took us, what, 70, oh, I'm sorry, 90 years to be able just to repeat technology where they move. We still can't move near as fast as they did, but it took us 90 years just to get to a technology that probably was inspired by that. Uh, now, I mean, we have things that can do loops around. We can do controls. I was watching, of all things, Christmas decorations done with drones. They're badass, by the way. They had the Enterprise warp it off and stuff. I mean, they had a thousand drones up there flying around. It just shows you what we can do with drones. It's kind of scary, actually. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it took us that long to get to this technology, but yet they still can't move that fast. So when I asked the Congressman Senator, I'm like, well, explain to me what was going on in, in 1944, 1943, what all these, these, what we would call drones today, flying around all these planes. I said, you can't deny them. Every Air Force said they seen them. Every Navy saw they said they seen them. And they moved at speeds that we still can't achieve today. So what were those? There was some Russian super project we never found out about, some German super project we never found out about. See, that's what they try to lay on your ass today. Oh, these are some super projects. Really, if the Chinese have got those kind of things, 
we just need to surrender now and be done with it. They've got us woof. And if we've got them, the world just needs to start bowing now. But I've always thought it, it's funny. If you were an alien, you came to this planet. I would bet you money most races that come here come from a united planet, not a divided planet. I, I don't really think you can get out and, and really explore deep space in a massive way if you got to pull refunds from different countries. And not from well, America. I agree. And I think that's what that new world order is about. And that scares me a little that, That's what you keep. Well, it's, it's about, you know, having the, having these countries is not the way these other planets are. Like you said, it's one planet, you know, one, well, obviously one uh, species, maybe they all look different like us. I don't know, but it's like if the council says we're spending a trillion dollars to send uh, a ship out to earth, it gets done. It's a, uh, you know, it's and it not one point. you got neon, you got Elon Musk put every national space program to shame. One guy with a little damn space program that's he don't have the money of the U.S. government. He don't have the money of the Russians. He don't have the money of the Chinese. And he's made more launches than all the countries together fourfold now. Yeah. And he's bringing them back. And I mean, he just puts the shame. But it shows you if you if you let private industry get in, and if you were to do this like with cancer and space from around on a global thing, not just his yeah. group, but if you were to take the top scientists from Russia and China and Japan and the U.K. and France and all put them all in America and put them all together, man, we would we would. We'd make leaps and bounds. You think fusion was a leap and bounds? Shit, we'd make that look like child's play. Well, that's, that's what I think is coming, though, where, you, you know, know. It's, it's the new world order. And you, I don't, it scares me, too, because that is so totalitarian. Because, you know, you, you, can get, you can get a lot done in China because their country is like that. You know, over here, everybody's fighting. Everybody's got an opinion. You got free speech, etc. In China, if they want to do something, it's done. There's but no see, hesitation. But China's having that same problem now, right? And the streets, Iran's having the same problem, yeah. right? The streets, people have eventually, yeah, because eventually people get tired of being held down. And, and right. what the Chinese have realized, yeah, the government's badass, but you know what? There's 1.3 million of us, billion yeah. of us. So if we if we want to kick your butt, we can. So yeah. it's 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 the Chinese. It's weird in China because you have really three classes of Chinese. You have what we would call the Western Chinese. Like I was watching today, they're wearing their jeans and their t-shirts, they're getting off their bus, they got their headphones on, they got the earplugs in, they got the cell phone in their hand. They look just like any American or any European on the planet. So you got those and they're they're living just like any of the rest, about 400 million of them. But then you've got another billion people. Out of that, at least 700, at least 700 million of them are living in such poverty that we don't even want to talk about it. And then you've got another one that's in between that are living in poverty that are doing all the work for like Nike and places like that, but we don't want to talk about that either because Americans are getting cheap products. Yeah, uh, it's it's that all that has to stop. I don't, I don't know how it's going to stop, but all that has to stop. And, well, they're pulling a lot of the manufacturing away from China, and it's going to Vietnam, Thailand, you know, India, yeah. and some of the others. Where it used to be in the first place. Remember, everything used to come from Thailand, and yeah. now it went to China. Yeah, well, we're not. The American companies are not spending more money in China when you need to build a plant. You're doing it outside of China. Yeah, and I noticed the United States is going to take chip building. I never understood why we let chip building ever leave our country. That never made any sense. Taiwan's cool, but we got to keep an eye on them. We can never let uh, China invade Taiwan now just because of the industry. Right. So that, that's we're stuck with that. We'll just have to. We'll Especially have to anything our Defense Department buys for the military. You know, you're having China make these products and chips, and who knows what back doors are in. Yeah, yeah. In that, 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 well, that's why we were using Taiwan, but that's the sad part because 
So so was Russia and China were using yeah. Taiwan too. Sometimes and America cut him off. You heard that, right? We're so get, stupid. I mean, we get Biden credit though. He said, uh, any invention or any type of chips that came from the United States are being manufactured outside of the United States can no longer be given to Russia or China. He cut him off. Uh, yeah. But that don't mean they're not sneaking something behind the doors or something. Once it's somewhere else, they got it. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to a good friend of mine who lives in Beijing, and he was telling me about the amount of UFOs being reported in China in the last two years. He mm -hmm. said they were way up. That's and crazy. he said the government's no longer frowning on on groups getting together and talking about it. So they're finding out, just like the Americans are, sometimes it's good to have these outside groups because it's other sources of information. You know, yeah. don't think they, you know, they pulled as much as they could. Move, pull a move on. After a while, a but, joke. I mean, <laughs> well, Lufon became so. In case y'all noticed, John Slushler worked in, in the industry. He he was in black ops. He wasn't for the government, but he worked for the companies <clears throat> that worked were tied with the black ops. That's what he did. And then uh, so were the next two directors. Uh, what was his name? James uh, Carrion. Yeah, he was. So the next two after that also yeah, one was a one was a code detector, a code breaker for the government. Yeah. And, but all three of them had some type of black ops ties with the government. And so, and that last guy, I don't know. I haven't looked at him. I haven't. I got so tired of dealing with Mufon. I just, at one point, I had squashed him. We had just squashed him. A good friend of mine who had gotten stage four cancer calls me up, D. Andrews. She goes, Joe, what are you doing? I said, they, they're just bullshit, sucking the life out of everybody. And just at that time, we had got him down to about 1,500 members. And she was like, just stop. What was a friend of yours? He turned around and joined your organization. He said, she said, just stop as a favor to me. So I said, okay. I mean, we we even had people like Richard Dole and Peter Robbs on, on air talking how crappy they were. Uh, poor uh, my, one of my dear friends, Jim Wars. <laughs> I turned Jim. Jim Wars got to the point where he, they couldn't even talk to him anymore. I miss Jim. He was he was. Uh, I miss Jim. I haven't talked to Ted Phillips. Anymore. Do you think? Do you think? Like you know the way uh, Nightcap was infiltrated. You know, they oh, they you know CIA people got became the director and the treasurer and bankrupted them. Do you see them, based on what Lou Elizondo said about blowing up the UFO field, do you see them being able to infiltrate it, and it may already be infiltrated, but to the point that their people are running it, and then they bankrupt it? Because I understand right now, they're in the best shape they've ever been financially. Yeah, they are. They are financially. In case you haven't noticed, move on to 501c3. So you can ask at any time to see all of their finances. Uh, and and even who's donating to them stuff like yeah. that. It's the reason why ICAR we took a, a different route. We're a privately funded organization. We do accept donations, but we are a privately funded organization from a couple of companies. <clears throat> and and the reason why is is one, you can't see what's going on in our company. But two, right. you can't do like you do move. You can't just come in and take all of our people. You have to drag our asses in the court. And try me, we'll be kicking and screaming the whole way. Uh, you want these people's information. I've had a couple attempts for people to try to hack our database, but it's funny. Our database are not like MUFONs. They're not actually online. So when we get new reports in, everybody has a disk with a code on it. And uh, you take that, you upload it onto like a drive, and then you go put that into the other computer. So everybody who's a director, a big director, has a computer that's not online. See, like our two major databases are not online. They never go online, ever. Uh, we can pull information off and on them. And uh, we even have a place where you can surf a group of them, but we never let them go on because I, I've watched. I've got serious security. And I've watched them try to hack them. I'm thinking you're trying. 
you're hacking the radio station. There's nothing here but music and dead <laughs> archives, idiots. Uh, but they, they still try. They still try. It's, it's, hey, Joe, what, what do you think about the alien abduction? The bottom line is, you know, for years and years, it was considered a very negative thing, like Dr. David Jacobs would say. And, and now, you know, since Ray Hernandez came out with the free group, and he thinks everybody should be abducted. It's a good thing. And then that's the way that he's got more crap with him. I, I know, uh, but that's, but you know, that's the way they're talking. A lot of it, we had a guest. Well, so a month we, ago. We, we look at it, we look at it in categories, to be honest with you. So, so if you look at England, England is like a control group. Most of the cases we get out of, out of England, are what we call classic abduction 101. They're kind of negative cases. They have a lot of negative connotations to them. People are angry after they've been taken and stuff like that. So we actually use them for control group. But what we really found, what really goes on, and this is how you know what a true abduction is versus a not a true abduction. So most abductions start pre-birth. They will start uh, and they'll, you know, when your mom is sometime along the line, your mom will be taken once or twice while you're still in, in her stomach, and they will actually check the baby out. Then usually within a, a year or less, they will take the baby for the first time. The mother, but they'll take the baby for the first time. But abductions are life. Anybody who doesn't think they are hasn't done their research. All abductions are lifelong abductions. There's no such thing as you just started getting abducted. <clears throat> just, if you think you did, and if you get abducted, regressed, and you don't have any past memories, then you got your unfortunately got some other kind of problems. I got to be honest. About one third of everybody who comes to us uh, should seek psychiatric help. Um, about out of that third, probably a third of those are things like some type of child abuse, uh, spousal abuse, uh, negative, I mean, really bad abuse that we have no control over. And we always tell the same thing. Look, uh, that's why I tell people, when you get regressed, be sure you're going to be able to handle what's coming out. Even if the abduction stuff can sometimes be pretty rough, but they can also, you can also find other things. So we tell people to be ready for that, you know, because a lot of times it is something else. It's something else that happened in the individual's life. And for some reason, they used alien abduction to hide it. I don't, I don't know why, you know, alien abduction is a pretty rough thing. But so anyway, they start taking you know, at birth. Usually you'll hear a lot of kids talk about this. My bug-eyed friends, my reptilian friends. I can't tell you if I had a dollar fairy kid that's talked about this, I could retire now. So mm -hmm. we have families track these. We, we have cases now that are six generations back from great-great-grandmother and great-great-granddaughter. Uh, we have a lot of five generations, a, lot, a ton of four generations, but we've been tracking these kids for a long time. So it's not like, you know, well, we've been tracking for 40 years. So we've actually got to see how this expands in a family. It's not like move on because move ones haven't done this. We've done things that no one else has thought about doing is really what it comes down to. And that's one of them. We, we wanted to see, you know. So what really happens is, is the children are, are pretty much handled with kick gloves until puberty. When a child goes through puberty, that's when the shit starts from about anywhere from 12 to about 28 that's when all the negative stuff goes on from the breeding programs to the sperm programs, to the milking machines, to all kinds of sorts of other things where they, they take body parts. I mean, it's, it's just, that's where they happen. So what happened, and you don't want to remember any of that. They do a good job of blocking that out. And I tell people all the time, you know, if you, if you can handle it, you can remember, but a lot of times you just, just you're not going to get any, any real information out of it that's going to change anything. It's just, it's all pretty negative. It, it's, it's just standard stuff for them. It would be considered negative thoughts. It would be like what we would do, like we we tagged a lion or a bear somewhere in the woods and we went and checked them every year or so. It's the same thing. That's how they look at it. We don't look at it like that, but that's how they look at it. So 
but after from puberty, it, it's horrible. From from puberty up to twenty, I mean, they they do some really nasty stuff. But then thirty comes along, 30, 32, 33, and contact changes greatly. That's when, if you can handle it, that's when they start bringing in, you know, people like the Melinda Leslie's in the world, people who, or the call it terms, people who have had contact and now are part of the contact. They want to work with the evidence. They get greater knowledge. They're allowed to retain a lot more knowledge. They get a lot more downloads. Uh, they remember a lot more stuff when they're from when they're on board the ships. They get taken for longer periods of time. They also the keepers are used to help work with the children, help work with the abductees, and so on and so forth. But these are people, and some of the other ones are allowed. But then there's a lot of them that are out in the field communicating, trying to get people involved, and they want that. Aliens see what people people always think aliens don't want to be known. That's not true. The aliens feel like they've already disclosed to everybody they need to, which is the abduction core of this planet, which is about 1.5 billion people. That's the only ones they're concerned about. Everybody else to them is cannon fodder for whatever's coming or whatever's going on. That's what they are. They don't, they don't, they're not being mean. It's just, there's nothing they can do to change that or whatever's happening. There's just nothing they can do. So they're only concerned in the ones that they're changing. And then we realize stuff like the blood type, the O negative. So O negative people are different in the way they think. They're different in the way they act. What's up, man? I got O negative. Yes. And, and o negative are just different. And there's a lot of reasons why they just are. But before anybody asks me, it doesn't matter. If you're O positive, you can still be abducted. Think about it this way. The majority of people in these groups are O negative. But when you think about just 35% of RH positive, that's a lot of people because they make up the majority of the planet. Joe, you have a question from Christina. She wants to know, are we them? Is this why we can't handle it? No, it's not not so much that we are them. We we we're you know, people always tell me like they're here to change themselves. They're not here to change themselves. The grays, let me tell you something. The grays do not want any human DNA. They consider that contamination, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they consider that. They have worked really hard to get to their 1.5 billion years of evolution, and they don't want to tame it with aliens, with us. But they're not beyond helping us out. So originally what we think happened was the grazing and the reptilians, uh, grazing and the humans, I mean, the reptilians and the humans are originally who started this. The Sumerians talk about this in great deal, about this race that came here, that built these great white dome cities. They couldn't breathe the atmosphere, but they, they created another race that could actually live here and work. Reptilians came along. The Dogon talked about this. They just showed up one day and they're like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. We were here before y'all. We might have left for a while, but we were back. So they felt the need to interbreed with the, the, the slave race that the humans had created. That created the race that's here today. So we all have a reptilian section in our brain. That's, that's hard science. You can't get away from that. And the Dogon know an awful lot about this particular thing. And they also know a lot about the Dogon star system and the weight of the stars. And they also knew there was three stars and not one star. They, they knew the orbit of Sirius A, which is 55.5 years. Their calendar is based on it. So they knew a lot. And the Sumerians knew a lot. But the Sumerians talked about a human-type race. But they were long, long-boned and strange. They looked more like the pharaohs, the emperors, with the big, long heads back like that because that's what they said they, the uh, – alien heads look like so you've had two races here which was probably a and b at the time uh that were in it that interbred with each other which created what we consider the race today but somewhere along the line when the, the, the race didn't show up for a long time after them too they were here for a while i think 
whatever councils out there decided that they were probably going to get into a fight over the planet, so they sent the Greys, which is the galactic policeman. They sent them to this planet. And they now do the majority of abductions, which is about 65%. The other two probably abduct about 15 to 18% each. But the Greys are probably the ones that introduced RH negative and O to our society. And O is a big deal. O negative is a universal donor. Without it, I mean, millions of people would die, but it's even more than that. O negative is the purest form of blood known to man. It's where all of our hemological research comes from. But wait, Mother Nature would not have created this because this is a baby killer. O negative is a baby killer. Any RH negative is a baby killer. Um, it's just, you know, until we invented the antigenogen D gene, uh, where we could save people, it was a killer. That's why up until I think 65 or 70, you still had to have a blood test in this country to get married because if you were O negative and O positive, you cannot get married because you might have stillborn children. So it was a big deal. And then all of a sudden somebody figured it out. But Mother Nature wouldn't have created something unless she was trying to slow down the population. She wouldn't have created something that would kill babies. But an alien race who was trying to advance us might have. Uh, because they created a blood type that really makes a difference in the world. It's, it's, Damn, it's, I'm an alien. <laughs> so, well, you're not alien. You're just a piece of an alien, just like all the rest of us. John I, likes I, that one. John liked that one. No, I'm, like, a, I'm A+, plus, and my answer to that is, of course. Yeah, well, you know, A+, a plus is a good, too. But it's weird because all the, all the blood types seem to have slight different personality types. There's a couple of groups that have, a couple of colleges that have done research on this. Because a lot of people said it was hooey back in the day, but they've actually found out that certain blood types or personalities are slightly different. And let's not forget, if you're RH positive and you're RH negative, you have a big difference. RH positive shares 2% of its genes with the Reese's monkey. RH negative does not. Hmm. There's no genes in RH negative blood at all. Interesting. Uh, so it's, it's just a strange thing. But, you know, it's just like I have won so much money on the reptilian thing. It's not even funny. People are like, we ain't got no reptilian section. Everybody suggests we do. It's a very important section. It's what makes us, you know, who we are. And they're like, no, no, no. I said, you better get a lot of liquor. <laughs> People get so mad at me, but it's not. I didn't invent it. I mean, it's there. And it is Joe, part of us. Joe, do you, uh, what do you think about the Joe Jordan version where he's come across 600 people that when the gray, either one of them, both of them, when the gray showed up, you know, in the corner of their bedroom at 3 a.m., they scream, Jesus Christ, protect me. Yeah. By the way, Joe Jordan hates me, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so and you must Guy, not Guy, Malone, Guy Malone's a friend of mine, but Joe Jordan hates me because, well, so I asked him one day live and I asked him, let me ask you something. Can I can I regress some of your people that this has happened to? He's like, why? I said, because I don't believe that's what's going on. I said, I, I want to see, I want to hear them tell me this on your own. I said, I want to hear them. I said, because I said, I'm going to tell you a story. This one lady said she and she did the name of Christ, and the Grays took her eyeballs out and turned around and said, "Here, get Christ to fix this," and then put him back in her face. So we've got a lot of horror stories like this when when the name of Christ is invoked because they do believe in a God. By the way, they just don't believe in ours. Uh, they do believe in a single God, but they just don't believe in ours. And they're much older than us, so they probably have a much better uh, uh, understanding of what what a religion is mm -hmm. and for just a sideway real quick segue i was talking with father Mal, Mal, maldici in uh at the washington press club in dc this is 10 years ago paula harris was translating for him this is his words i had asked him a question we were going we were talking about what the church's 
thoughts on on aliens where the church is fully believed there's several people you can talk to in catholic church that will tell you this so he's talking about this his and this is what he said and at the end he goes and remember this he said our church our pope considers the aliens they have a higher spiritual realm than we do because they're so much older than us they know so much more about god than we did it's their words that's not my words and they're not the only one that said this there's several well, members of the church that have said this so you're gonna do it. And, and interesting, Joe. We're gonna have to say goodnight to you because yes, we have right. our um Corby in the in the backstage waiting to come on. Don't hey, forget to set me up, Joe. Hey, Joe, do you do conferences like in I Philadelphia? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go anywhere. I like I like to speak because we have such a unique take on it. it just it just makes yeah, you fun. I got to get you. I got to get you scheduled to Philly. That, that oh yeah, I'd love good. to come up, man. I've been in Philly. Wow, last uh, last time Pittsburgh. I was in New Jersey. Oh, both you both. We do Pittsburgh and Philly. So. Oh, do right. you? Yeah, because I, I like most. Right. But y'all, we get out just way and let you guys come on here and take it this time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for again for joining us tonight. tonight. Don't forget to set me up, Joe. Okay, Sean. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> oh, you already set up, Sean. <laughs> well, that was great. Well, we have an interesting guest tonight. So if you'd like to have a um, mini reading with Corby Mitley, please um, post in the chat. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Um, just give me a second. Good to have you back to Chasing Prophecy. I'm Hi, so kids. glad to have you back. Hi, Corby. How are you? Rocking and rolling. How are you? Same way. Same well, way. Well, let me, let me ask you. Um, we have a new year coming before we get started. If anybody would like a reading, please post. Um, okay, where'd she go? Oh where'd my god, go? there's so many things going on with this stupid stream words. Breathe, I'm sorry about breathe, that. Baby. Take <laughs> a chill. We're good, no problem. <laughs> well, tell me, do you have any predictions for the new year? Um, I actually did a show. Was it yesterday? Yes, yesterday. Uh, my buddy Michael Arrington um, has Psychic uh, Sundays, but we did it on Monday because it was Boxing Day. And I was on with my friend Pat Dumas, who I think is the best astrologer in the U.S. She is fabulous. Both of us came up with the fact that it is going to be a rough 2023, primarily because... And I'm not going to go into the uh, astrological jargon. That's like when you think you know French and you say something really rude when you think you're ordering a glass of wine. So we're not Thanks, going definitely. there. But um, there will be problems with the health of America. Now, part of it is the triple-demic. Part of it is there is a resurgence of measles and chickenpox because people... Um, are not getting their kids vaccinated. And so there's going to be an awful lot of literally illness. Make sure you got your masks, guys. Make sure you got your mask. And there will be some, there, there's going to be the anger of the common man and some military stuff. Um, later in the year, it's the buried stuff. So there may be a lot of alt-right stuff. There will be, the alt-right is enraged and the left is trying to get themselves together. So mm. will it be a civil war? It's not that simple because we're no longer the Mason-Dixon line where y'all in the South are gray and everybody in the North is blue. 
it's mm-hmm. neighborhood versus neighborhood. Yeah, but it's but, pretty much reversed, you know, where, you know, when you look at the, the thought process, the, uh, the, the northerners of the Civil War now live in the south and the southerners are, are, are in the north, you know? Possibly. Okay. But um, the whole point is, this is the year to simplify. Find your smaller joys. Know who your friends are. This is not a year to get big in your business. This is not a year to start the business. Really? This is a year, really. Um, <sighs> it's a year to build what you have. 2024 is going to be a much better year. Part of it is the numerology, okay? Mm-hmm. There is a world personal year. You take the year, 2023, and 2 plus 0 plus 2 plus 3 is 7. Mm-hmm. Seven years are the years to go inward. What am I about? What are my priorities? What's important to me? It's a year to say, I'm keeping this. I'm switching up that. I'm getting rid of this. And it's an also very important year for you health-wise. Um, I often call it the double brownie point year. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, diet, exercise, meditation. Whatever you do, you're going to get twice the bang for the buck. So do whatever it takes to keep you healthy. So that's where it is. It's This is not going to be an easy year. Know who your friends are. Pay down your debts and put on your seatbelt. 2024 is going to be a lot better, but this is the shakedown year. Jeez. Well, you see interest rates are going to stay high. And I agree with you. I think stock market is going to be pretty flat. Uh, you know, and people, you know, who buy houses, you know, they their mortgages have doubled in the rate. So it's going to be trouble for a lot of people. There will. There really will. Plus, um, there's going to be there's going to be some face off with Russia, more than likely. Oh, whether we like it or not. Oh my goodness, that's something I don't want to hear about. <laughs> we don't that's have right. to. You ask, uh, and we can go on to something else. Do you do you, do you see anything with China though? Because I, I see Russia as in your face, you know, with what they're doing. But China is the plotting one behind the scenes maybe waiting for that opportunity where they could attack or do mm. something. China's you know? going to have so much trouble with COVID that they're, they're going to be very busy with lockdowns. It's like, we're going to, you talk about supply chain problems. We're going to have them maybe six, seven, eight months down the line because people in China are all going to be sick. They can't produce. And so the things we want, we're not going to get. It's like um, a friend of mine, bought a Subaru and they waited seven months. I said, what's going on? They said, there's a certain part of Subaru, a part that was made in Russia. And so Subaru had to go find another supplier, have them made and then put them in. That's what delayed it. So Hmm. yeah, that was the the rocket launcher, the rocket launcher part of it. Yeah. The way I explain it to people is 2019 was like 1913. It was never the same after World War I. 1913 was an end of an era. So was 2019. The world will Mm -hmm. never go back to that. We're dealing with climate change in our face. We're dealing with a very unstable world. We're dealing with things that we never thought we'd have to deal with. I mean, Gen Z and millennials, these are the first generations 
that say, I don't even know if I will be able to live out a normal life because the earth may be uninhabitable. We didn't have that. We didn't. No, we didn't. Yeah, but I don't, I don't um, believe any. I don't believe any of that. Uh, if you look at the charts for climate, it has always gone up, gone down. We're actually right now in the coolest period that we've been in for the last five. Six, well, these couple weeks, couple days were really cool. Well, yeah, and you know what? You know what they're going to cause when they're trying? They're talking about seeding the clouds and and polluting yeah. the clouds to reflect light. You're going to cause a mini ice age like the one we had from 1300 to 1850. The only reason temperatures are rising now is because the mini ice age ended in 1850. Okay. We're getting back to where we were a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago. And I've looked all the charts up for climate. We're cooler now than we were 2000 years ago, yeah. 3000 years ago. We're just working our way back. <laughs> yeah, we are. But we have a, we have a, a reading, um, Corby. It looks like Alexa. Alexa, um, I'm going to bring you on, okay? So I'm going to unmute you. What what would you like? Um, what questions do you have or reading would you like with uh, Corby, Alexa? Alexa, can you hear us? Is she going to be shy? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Maybe that's just the Alexa in the room. The Alexa. <laughs> no. Let me just tell people what I can do for them tonight. Um, tarot, oracle cards, absolutely. Past lives, absolutely. I don't do mediumship on the air because I do not censor and what comes out of my mouth might not <laughs> be something that you want the public to hear. So I'm, I'm just like that. And I'm, I'm just like that and I'm not a medium. <laughs> Alexa, can you hear now? Alexa. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, I'm Alexia. Nice to meet you, but um, mm -hmm. I don't really have like a particular question. I am interested in like past life stuff. So okay. maybe something like that. I don't really have a all specific right. question though for you. This is how I do past lives. Yes, we all have hundreds and none of us are smart enough to get it all done in one. Thank you very much. But for me to be able to immediately get a past life for you that will make sense, I need an obsession or a phobia or a person or a place that means a lot to you and it doesn't make any sense that it does. So Alexia, what can you give me on any of those? Obsession, phobia, person or place. Obsession, phobia. Um, this is gonna sound weird, but I've always felt- Alexia, what do we do for a living here? Stop with the weird. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. But um. I've always been like, ever since we first learned about the Holocaust, um, it always really stuck with me. That's like the one thing I could really think of off the top of my head. Okay. And give me your birth date, please. My birth date is 10797 and I was born in Pittsburgh. Okay. One of the reasons that the Holocaust stuck with you is that, let me see which country France. All right. I don't know how much you know about uh, France in World War II. There was Vichy France, which was the part of France that collaborated with the Nazis. Mm. You were mm -hmm. not Jewish. You were, you know, nice French Catholic girl, but you had friends who were Jewish. And mm. you watched them become marginalized 
have to wear the yellow star. Oh my and gosh. You, and you saw your friend with a suitcase being marched to the train station by the Nazis. Oh my God. I have chills never, all over my body. You never saw her again. So you didn't experience the Holocaust as a Jew, but you experienced it watching your world be turned upside down and you lost friends. It's one of the reasons that now you hold on to your friends very tight. And when you lose one, you feel it viscerally far more than most people do, don't you? Yes, I do. And I'm in divinity school right now. And okay. a big thing that like my heart has been driving me towards is a social justice advocacy and everything like that. So that really does make sense. Darling, we can use as much of that as you can provide us with. So go <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Alexia. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Bye. Bye. If you'd like a mini reading, please hit the link in the chat, and you'll be able to get one with Corby. See, that's why it's important to find that obsession, the phobia, or whatever, because I could hit a wonderful life for them in 15th century Germany, and it's really who they were. But if it has no resonance with who they are now, it's, you know, it's what I call Omega brain, just does not get in. But the reason that we will remember past lives is so it can help us now. Um, I don't remember, did we talk about past lives last time I was on? Uh, I think we touched uh, just a little bit about, um, it's like, bad. yeah. Okay, uh, because what I'll do while we're waiting for the next, uh, or you have an I'd like one, please. So that's a Jessica, Jessica and Charlie Duke. Yeah, okay. Have to hit. Safe there. I think you just have to hit the link and come on in. You don't have to use a video, you can just do audio. The little people are being a little shy tonight. <laughs> what about shy. me? What about me, Corby? What, yeah, what let, let's do let's do Sean. Yeah. Okay, I'm Sean. Curious now. <laughs> Obsession, phobia, place, or person? Um, place. Okay. What's the place? Um, Montana. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. It's interesting. I see Montana, but I hear Badlands. Okay. So I think that we're looking at 1880s because I immediately pull you in with TR. Um, I think that you may have, I think he was in the Dakotas, but you may have moved to Montana afterwards. Um, I think you knew him. I think you knew him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He wouldn't happen to be from South Dakota, would he? Then I moved into Montana. Uh, what? You, the former the you? Guy. Yeah. The former you? It's possible. It's yeah. possible because I don't believe that Teddy went up to Montana, but I know he was in the Dakotas. Um, and what I'm seeing from you is you were able to go up to Montana, buy land, have your ranch, because of the assistance that you provided to Roosevelt, oh, especially wow. when it was, 
there was a point when I think that he was doing some ranching and it was a bad winter and he lost a lot, but you helped him scrape together what he could um, not survive. What's the word I'm looking for? What he could manage to, to salvage. Salvage oh. is the word I'm looking for. That's so, cool. who is Thank Teddy? You. Is Teddy what? your name? Is Teddy? No. Theodore George Roosevelt was in the Badlands oh, oh, in the 1880s. Teddy. Teddy. Okay, Teddy. I got you. All right. Um, this is when spirit taps you on the shoulder and says, you're working for me. It rifles through your file cabinet to see what you got right. with me. Theater major since God knows when and acted in New York. So I understand character arts. I'm a writer. So I understand how to tell the stories and I have always loved history. So I have a fairly broad knowledge. So rather than just say, I see you with some guy and I can pinpoint very often time and place. Um, okay. The example that I give, there could be somebody else over here, also very good at past lives, but you show us the exact same vision. Without the background, this person would say, it's a long skirt and a big hat. It's a very fancy building. So maybe it's in Europe somewhere. I could mm -hmm. see the same vision and go, Hobble skirt, picture hat, that kind of ostrich feather. You're in front of the Brandenburg Gate. This is Berlin in 1911 or 12. Okay. Which one's going to give you more information? But as I say, do not ask me to do spirit art because I cannot draw a stick figure with a sharp pencil and a lot of prayer. It is not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. funny. It's also one of the reasons why, please, you know, I'm 68. I'm not going to be here forever. We need new psychics. We need new readers. We need new mediums. There's lots and lots and lots of room. I'm not one of those psychics. And there are some that sees anybody up and coming as a threat. Yes. I don't care how good you are if you've been doing it for eight years. I've been doing it for 50. Wow, so that's a lot. We're, it, I know, since Moses was in diapers. So no. <laughs> I don't have to worry about competition with someone who's been doing it for eight years. In fact, I will share with them everything that I know. Why should they have to reinvent the wheel? Exactly. You know? Well, Jessica made it. Okay, let's bring her in. Hey, Jessica, I'm glad you could figure it out. Hi, Jess. Hey, guys. So I really don't know what to ask. Um, my daughter was Alexia, who was just on talking to you guys. Oh. <laughs> um, Family night. <laughs> yeah, okay. we've we've known Sean Kelly for many, many years. We adore him, and he's helped us Whoa, a that's lot. Great. Um, that's good to hear. But just a lot of. I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to ask. Help me, Lexi. I don't know what to say. If you were sitting with me. For a reading, the first thing I would say to you is, what's the most important thing you want to get out of your knowing? And if you went blank on me, I'd go Brooklyn on you and go, darling, what's biting your butt? Because everybody's got one of those. So, <laughs> what's biting your butt, babe? Just um, a lot of weird things, you know. Um, weird are us. My, go ahead. With my past, um, with seeing things, hearing things, um, I feel like someone's like, telling me things i'm seeing things and then months later they're happening um very vivid dreams um okay and Jessica, I just, first thing first thing i'm doing i'm putting on my glasses so i can look over the edge like that teacher <laughs> got me 
Yeah. About you. Do you know anything about how to ground center and shield? No. All right, woman. Uh, Auntie Corby is going to give you a little instruction here. Get this book. It's opening to channel. It's by Sanaya Roman and Dwayne Packard. This is how I learned 30 some years ago. And the reason I like it is if you're going to go upstairs and play, you uh -huh. need to know the landscape. When you know how to ground center and shield, you will keep the stupids out there who live at the corner of Akashic and Karma to mess with you. It's like Ouija boards. Ouija boards when you don't know how to ground center and shield. I have had to deal with two hysterical teenagers who when they put their hands on the planchet and said, who's there? Spelled very fast backwards was, I have an ax and I'm here to kill you. Trust me, it wasn't their uncle Danny. But when you know how to ground center and shield with your energy, then you're going to be able to find out who's trying to contact you. You're gonna be able to get your own guides to have your back and you can safely explore, okay? Mm -hmm. I am the kind of person that says, I'm not special. You can do what I do. You can. We're all wired like the same house plan, but you gotta do it smart. You wouldn't go right. into a bad neighborhood in New York not knowing what's there, how to protect yourself, and when not to go, right? Right, right. Same thing with the astral, same thing with the other dimensions. Absolutely. What was the name of that book again? Right here. Opening, Opening channel. channel. How to connect with your guides. Have a let's see write that down. Yeah, we got it. It's on my phone. Yep. Okay. Good, 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 good. So what I will do for you, let me see. Um, I do not only tarot, but I have about eight Oracle decks. And the Oracle decks all tell me when they want to come play. So let me see who wants to play. All right, I'm pulling out my Spirit of the Wheel. It's a First Nations deck. That'll give you a little idea of what you're down here to do. So five cards. All right, the first card is what brings you here. And when I say what brings you here, it's why did you incarnate now in the first place? And your card is experience. It's letting go, moving forward, and reflection. What that tells me is probably with your past lives, you've probably been a man more often than you've been a woman. We all have to be both. It's how we learn. Because remember, the soul is just the soul. It encompasses everything. So this time, it's a matter of letting go of me first. It's a matter of letting go of the things that stop you, whether you gambled or drank or smoked or whatever, and finding out who you want to be now. Your passion, releasing burdens, detoxification, and energy flow. If you ever wanted to do healing work, you'd probably be pretty good. Um, I also do recommend that moderation be the key for you in terms of indulgence in anything. What you will teach others, and I say this because all of us, our job is to teach while we're down here, even if it's just one person. Personal space, openness, and faith. Your daughter is going to divinity school. You're going to learn the faith from her. And I don't care what flavor divinity school it is. 
because in my neck of the woods, God owns the grocery store. And he doesn't care if you get in there through the health and beauty age, the florist or the deli, just get in. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. What's your legacy going to be? Spiritual progress. You may feel like, oh God, but this is such an ordinary life. For you, it's not. Your soul is moving deeply forward this time based on how you're raising your kids, how you're reacting in the neighborhood, how you are dealing in the world. But the last card is the hub of your medicine wheel. What has to always center you? Cleansing, releasing, and healing. Frog clan. Frogs, I don't know how you feel about frogs, but you may see a lot of frogs around you, frog totems, cute frog stuff. Frog is your person. Frog is your animal guy. So there you are. Thank you I very hope that much. Helps. A does it make any sense to you at all? <clears throat> yes, it does. Good. Thank yes. you. Thanks. We have Thanks, someone Jess. waiting in the in the back room. See you, Sean. Um, See you guys. See you, Jess. Bye. 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 Okay. Hello and welcome to Chasing Prophecy. What was your first name, sir? Hey, uh, my name's uh, Jared. I, I but uh, have an alias here. It's uh, the buyer here. Okay, Jared. Mm -hmm. What can we cool. do for you, Jared? Yeah, so I was. I'm wondering, you know, I've, I've always like really um, thought about like, you know, how to build wealth and status, um, mm -hmm. you know, and and I'm wondering if if there's there's you know riches in my future. Okay, so we're not looking at a past life. We're looking at what's ahead. All right, uh, Jared, what's your birthday? Month, just the month and day. That's all I need. Sure, it's uh, October 9th. 10 plus nine is 19, always check my math, plus next year's master number of seven. 19 plus seven is 26, two plus six is eight. When you figure out your personal year, you always bring it to the single number. An eight year is a wealth year, okay? It's good for career, it's good for real estate. So next year, even with the crazies in the world, could be a very good financial year for you. Let me take a quick look see what's ahead for the next five so you can make some plans i don't look ahead more than five years because these days the world is nuts who knows okay so for 2023 notice the guy is pouring gold into a mold but if it doesn't fit the mold he lets the gold go what that tells me is don't spread around your wealth focus on what you want to build and that's where you put your money and your efforts next year. 2024, please be careful, darling, because this is the bitchcraft card. This is, you know, you're going to be successful. People are not going to like it. People are going to try to get in your way. I want to give you two magic phrases. Thank you for sharing. You may think that if you wish. And then go do what you need to do. 2025. Walk away. Now, this is important because this will be a one year for you, a new nine year cycle. Walk away from what doesn't nourish you. You're going to take a look at your finances. You're going to see some things really tanked. Again, concentrate on what works for you. Don't try to recoup. Don't pour good money after bad. 2026, money comes in. Notice it's on both sides of him. 2027, that's when new avenues of wealth, new possibilities in employment, new, new, new. 
So it's going to be up and down a little bit for the next five years, but generally in an upward track. Nice. Sounds promising. Yeah. Very good. Thank Absolutely. you for coming on, help. everybody. Thank you, Jared. Thanks, thanks everyone. That's interesting. Now we got to give Jenny one. Oh, me one. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Jen, darling, what can I give you? Oh, uh, this has been a really lousy year for me, so I'm, I'm glad it's almost over. I just can't seem to move forward with things. Um, Define things. Uh, life. <laughs> uh, my mother passed away, and it's been a long haul, and I'm trying to get, you know, just get motivated to do things that I used to do. And I just can't seem to focus. Um, okay. For you, darling, I'm going to pull out my fairies Oracle. And as I remind people, these are not your ootsy cutesy fairies. These guys oh, march inside your head me. and rip up the floor. No. Floor tiles and give you homework. Uh, the artwork is by Brian Froud. So if you remember Labyrinth and Dark Crystal, okay. he's the one who did the puppetry for that. Okay. Oh. So the first card is called the trickster. If you remember your fairy tales, there was always that little light at the end of the forest and the big stupid human would go galumping in and get lost. This is the card that's going to you. Jen, darling, so good to see you. Sit down. We want to talk to you. So let's bring you <laughs> to your challenge. <laughs> good and luck. the challenge for you, Jihob, it's the boogeyman. So the challenge for you is to not see stuff that isn't there. The fairies all know to get rid of this guy, all you have to do is laugh at him. He pops like a soap bubble. So this is the year that you're going to learn to see not half empty, not half full, but the glass is refillable. How do we do that? Mm. The next card is the mask and shadow. We all wear masks, facets of our personality, and sometimes one gets stuck and becomes an excuse. Whatever this quality is, you overuse it. You need to revise every damn better dump it. Hmm. Okay, I love her. The green woman is the one that goes, hi, we're going to do it my way today. Oh, you didn't want to. I'm so sorry. There's the door. Bye. <laughs> um, no, you're a oh, very razzle-dazzle person. Oh. You are. Okay. <laughs> but you got to put her on the shelf so that you can heal. It's like they're showing me when you slice your finger. You can't use your finger the next day. You have to keep it wrapped up to heal. Okay. And you've been sliced open with mm -hmm. your mother's death this year. Mm -hmm. You must give yourself a chance to heal. The next card is the offering. Whatever this quality is, the fairies have filtered it from your pocket and they're making for the highway with it. Kiss it goodbye. Stop trying to be everybody's fairy godmother, please. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> wow. No is a fabulous idea. Repeat after me. No is a fabulous idea. You don't have to fix it because you know what? Sometimes fixing something for somebody means they're not getting their karmic lesson. We have to let them flounder or they will not learn. And that's hard for you, but you gotta. So the fairies want to give you this instead. Shop the footer who says, I keep my eye on the moon, but my feet muddy. So you get to look at your own dreams this year and start doing practical things to bring them to happen. Now, she's gone. No, oh, Is wow. she still here? Uh, she was abducted. <laughs> not quite. Should right, I continue? Because I Yeah, have... yeah, yeah. Okay. She can hear you. 
All right, that's it's fine. recorded. Um, great. Uh, the questions that the fairies want to ask you, the feline says, what are the details in your life that you let hang? What needs to be wrapped up and finished? What will help you with that is the bright mother who is the fairy soccer bomb. She's the one who makes lists. She's the one who gets everybody going everywhere. So you need to look at how you are the soccer mom kind of person and who you don't have to give rides to or fix or anything. You're allowed to say no. This will mark your passage in the world to tell you you've mastered this challenge. And it is the mask of truth. Now, how can truth be a mask? Look at Greek tragedy and comedy. It's the essence of an idea. So you're going to put on the essence of truth for your life. You're going to say no when you need it. You're going to take the time you need for you. This will be the year for you to learn you come first. Wow. Thank you for doing that for her. She just sent me a message saying what happened. She don't, she don't know well, why she got kicked off. It's recorded, so it doesn't matter. She can watch it tomorrow. You want one, John? Do you want to read yeah, it? Yeah, let's do that. I'm absolutely obsessed uh, with uh, standing up against the progressive movement and everything they stand for because it's the opposite of everything I believe in. And I do everything I can to take them on. And mm -hmm. it puts me a lot of times on social media, et cetera, uh, as the bad guy being, you know, they call me all kinds of names, stuff like that. But I don't care because I, I'm very uh, reborn Christian and I see their belief system as demonic. Why do you see um, progressives as demonic? I'm not quite sure. I because they're, they, from what I've seen, for what they say and do their anti-god uh you know what you just saw with abortion that's a child from the time it conceived there was never a moment that it wasn't alive and i you know what happened happened that your choice was before you had sex that was the time you had a choice once you get pregnant you don't have a choice to murder your child you could do it here on earth but I guarantee you in the afterlife, you're going to answer for that. And I believe every woman that had an abortion is going to answer for that unless they've been very grievous and regret the decision that they make. And it just it's everything that comes out of the progressives. And I've dug deep into this. I ran for governor of Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm heavily involved in politics. Um, my opposition to the progressive movement uh, is you know, it's getting to life and death. I will fight you in the street tooth and nail because what you're saying is not right. It's not true. And it comes from the devil, in my opinion. So, so that's what, where I stand. So what do you, so what kind of reading do you want, John? I don't know. What kind of reading does that put me in? Well, it is an obsession. So oh, it has it probably, oh, that's what I do every day. So it probably comes from a past life. And I would say that probably uh, you were you were one of the judges in Salem. Hmm. You okay. were someone who was so deeply connected with your faith that when you saw it trashed, you were willing to go to the mat in order to save your community from what you saw as fearful and demonic. You have always 
carried the cross in every life you've had since the cross happened 2000 years ago. This is I not think, a surprise. I, I think that's spot on. I think the Salem, Massachusetts is probably a good example. I was probably Cotton Mather or one of those guys, you know. <laughs> Corby, I got to hold on for a minute. We have to uh, thank our sponsor, uh, Carnation, sure. for the mm -hmm. second hour uh, of Chasing Prophecy. So thank you, Carnation. And uh, I work in a supermarket, and you know what? They have Carnation brownies, so I'm thinking of buying some of those. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. uh Sorry for interrupting you, but I had to put that in there. No, no. That's sponsors are the people that make things work for us. I totally get it. Corby, so. what started you into reading people? I mean, what actually was the time or the the thing that happened that actually started you to read? Oh, it's very, very funny. Um, when I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes. And instead of thinking, ooh, that's scary or ha, 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 I thought, and your point is, I knew there was magic in the world. I wanted to go find it. Fast forward to 1973 when I was a senior in high school. That was the year that Live and Let Die came out with Jane Seymour as Solitaire, the reader. And Spencer's had the James Bond 007 tarot deck. And I bought it because we were all hippies then. We had our elephant bell bottoms and our fringe jackets and our decks. So five years later, everybody else was moving on to roller skates and disco balls, but I loved the cards. I loved the stories that they told and they seemed to really help other people. So for 20 years, I read for friends, keeping my ego out of the way on the shelf. So I would be a clear channel for the information. All of a sudden in the uh, early nineties, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when I hand, got handed my draft notice by the universe who said, hello, you're working for us. So mm -hmm. I did it part-time until 9-11. As we watched the towers burn, I turned to my husband and I said, I need to do this work full-time. People need to know there are other answers out there. He said, mm -hmm. I believe in you, go do it. So one more year working corporate, but after that, I jumped into this full-time. I work six days a week, 14 hours a day. I read about a thousand people a year. And I get to get up in the morning. I don't have to get up in the morning. That's key. Wow. Oh, Jenny this is, wanted this me. This is all done in service. God bless you. That's all I could say. Um, Jenny just messaged me. She wanted me to tell you that all her power went out in her house. So she lost all her power. So she has no power. Wait. So now, are y'all in Pittsburgh? Yeah. You You having buffalo snow or what? uh what kind of snow would you call it? not snow it's no there's like no we're... snow tonight matter of fact it's warming up a little bit it's almost uh, 30. okay i mean a couple days ago like christmas day man it was like minus seven it was cold oh, it was the Arctic yeah stuff it was like it was minus four here in the catskills with a wind chill of minus 27. and it's been really very funny i have an awful lot of friends over you're in the, in the catskills are you in yes. the catskills okay yeah right. i'm about an hour west of albany um and all of my British friends were, oh my God, we've been seeing all the terrible stuff. Are you dying? And it's like, no, guys, you don't know how big the states are. That's five hours west of me. We had a <laughs> schnitt of snow. And it's going to warm up into the 50s. And anyway, we have a nice tiny little house with a wood stove and LP gas for our kitchen stove. So we can cook hot food if the power goes out. 
and uh, we are well has a hand pump so we're set you know and we have pandemic level weeks of wet food and kibble and treats for the cats you know they're the most important so we're good it's not a problem that is pretty pretty interesting um i do That's a little a i do area. reading i read and um but i usually read the medicine cards the animal animal yes. totem guide yes and um to me like, like you were saying before how people used to get really jealous well mm -hmm. you know whenever i would go do readings right where it was like eight of us couple from lilydale couple mm -hmm. from around here and um they got who did you work with at lilydale uh, oh god i don't remember that that's like a long time ago that's when i was broke and surely, i needed money surely Usac is a friend of mine and she was one of the lilydale mediums she was absolutely darling oh wow but i had a real good friend of mine she really taught me how to meditate in order to get into working with my spirit guides and stuff when i mm -hmm. first started out with this but she got really jealous and she came up to me and she said you know you have to take classes i'm saying what are you talking about why do i got to take a class well you have to each one of us took a class i said well how much are these classes four thousand dollars yeah. And I'm like, and then I then I said to her, I said, why do I need to take a glass when Spirit gave me, you know, the knowledge to help people out without going getting a teacher, you know what I mean? And and it really bothered her, and we haven't talked since, and that was a while back. And uh, but I I do know what you mean by that. Now, see, whenever they did, you know, they would come out, throw out their pretty, uh, you know. All their pretty extravagant stuff, the crystals, the car, you know, make it look pretty. I didn't have none of that. I just had a deck of cards. You know what I mean? That's all I had. But it's but it's I, like Venice Beach in California, you know. I mean, seriously, it was just like um but when you said that, I, I kind of like uh I, I agreed with you on that a hundred percent. What I like about the animal cards, the medicine cards is that you know it shows animals even though you know it gives it as your readings from the card but to me i don't consider it a tarot deck okay i it, and it makes people especially first-time readers who are scared okay um when i break out the deck or they see me have the deck with the animals they feel more relaxed and at ease that's brilliant you know because the reason why I have seven, eight Oracle decks and only one tarot, tarot has been around for so long, it's got heavy rules, 78 cards, 22 majors, four suits. Oracle decks can be anything that the person wants them to be. And mm -hmm. the artwork is very, very different. In fact, um, one of the things when I teach people, if you're gonna read um, at shows, you absolutely have to have a children's deck. And people say, what do you mean I have to have a children's deck? I don't read kids. And I say, okay, it's a very busy show. And you've got someone who has her two-year-old Muffin in her lap. And all of a sudden, Muffin is going, mommy, 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 card, card, card. And your client says, look, will you just let Muffin pull a card, please? You know, it's the only <laughs> way we're going to get this done. 
And if you do not have a children's deck, what are you going to do if it's, oh, look, muffin, death? You can't oh, do that. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. So I have, it's called Cat Wisdom, and it has little kitties, and it has little faces, and little muffin can pull a card, and I can read for muffin, and muffin's happy, and I put the cards back, and then I go back to reading real tarot for her parent. That's cool. We do have a question here. Holly yeah, says, yeah, yeah. Holly said she tried to click on the link. Uh, Jen, Jenny, she lost her power, so that's why you couldn't kick on. But she says, if Corby could do a reading for me, I'd appreciate it. My obsession is cats. My birthday is 7-7. Seven, seven. Well, if your obsession is cats, get in line. <laughs> that's all I can say to you. I am a Maine Coon mom cat, and my big boy is 27 pounds and not fat. He's the size wow. of a beagle. Um, so, all right. What it is is not just cats, Holly, but you're the kind of person that has always gravitated toward animals in any life you have. Um, I think there have been several lives in India, Hindu, you know, you don't eat cows in India. Um, you were probably vegetarian to vegan. Um, and my sense is also, you tend to be a loner in most of your lives. And the unconditional love you get from a small furry, furry thing that you can hold is what has softened the blow when you've lost family, when people have turned their backs, when whatever you believe is not what everyone else believes and you were hounded out. So is a cat your familiar, like the stereotypical wit? No, no, not like that. I mean, prawn, my big guy, I call him my peculiar, but you are someone that probably, Holly, if you tried, you could probably become a very good animal communicator, okay? Um, but the whole point with you is you understand they have no voice. Animals do not have voices, we humans do. So you have always been someone who has stood in the way of cruelty, who has said this will not stand and has done everything possible to keep whatever animals un are under your guardianship safe, well, healthy, happy. Cats just happen to be the flavor of the incarnation for you. It's kind of like flavor well, of the month. I hope you enjoyed that, Holly. Um, Jennifer, I, I, she I just... Something. Okay, good. Hold on real quick, John. Jennifer, yeah. Jenny said, just said that she is sorry that this has happened to you, Corby. Of her losing her power. Well, she had no control Jen, over it. Please. And stop saying you're losing your pay. You lost your electricity. Okay. Your power is intact, girl. You're the way I'm saying that. <laughs> you lost your electricity. That's how no you do comment. No comment. No comment. Go ahead, John. I, I have something I'd like Corby to probe with you, Sean. Is my reading on Sean is I believe there's a Christian in him somewhere. I, I think he believes in God, but he absolutely despises the Bible. So what's behind that? And maybe you could say more to her, 
Sean, because uh, there's something there, Sean. There's something there. Only if you're comfortable, Sean. Yeah, right. Yeah. You good. get to choose whether I do it or not. All right. Yeah, please so, do it. You don't like the Bible. Is that correct? No, because it's a bunch of bullshit. That's my, my feeling. Okay. But do you believe in uh, God? Do I believe in God? Well, you, yeah, I have a problem with Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Y'all want to know about that. So tell her a little bit more, you know, because I think there's no, something No, no, I want her to give me a reading, buddy. Yeah, okay, good. God, the word that comes to mind is Zoroastrian, which was Iranian. Um, I believe they believed in Mithras. So mm -hmm. you've always believed in God. I won't say a God. I'll say God. The big kahuna, as Mel Brooks used to say, something bigger than Phil, if you remember the 2,000-year-old man. Um but you're a soul that will never be satisfied. You will always look. If this was the Wizard of Oz, you'd want to look behind the curtain with the wizard. So <laughs> yeah. it's not that you don't believe in God. You don't believe in human twisting God so that we can understand it. Look, we have these little pea brains. God is so immense. We, you know, it's like putting an ant in a calculus class. Not only does its little brain not able to do the calculations, it can't hold the pencil in its little paw. That's who mm -hmm. we are to God. So you have always been someone banging up against the tip. What I'm going to say is just the typical. You have okay. never been a sheeple. You have always been an explorer. You've died sometimes because you explored in the wrong places, mm -hmm. but you always come back and you do it again. And you will keep doing it until your soul finally says, all right, I got it. This, this is what God is. So ah. you're, you're still on your path. Oh, I, trust me. That's for another show. Me and you, Corby, on my show. I'm telling you. Hey, Sean, I'm, so much. I'm, glad she, I'm glad she didn't say you were in Salem and I judged you. You know what? Think about it, right? Um, I really believe, and this was brought up to me as someone did a past life, that I was a witch in Salem. Oh, they, they, I, was I was the judge. And I, was, and I was drowned. Okay. I wasn't set on fire. Well, that know, proved so. you were innocent. when you we, I drowned you, so that proved you were innocent. No, I was dead, you know. But yeah, but that's I what they know. used to do. If you died, you were innocent. Oops. <laughs> that was what they did. There, there was, there was something to the Monty Python thing and the Holy Grail. Yes, <laughs> if she floats, she's a duck. If you remember that, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Be my father's favorite bit. But it's, you know, there is a difference between Jesus Christ and the Christ consciousness. Jesus was the most famous suitcase that held that, but there have been other energies that have brought the Christ consciousness down to earth. That's it's so immense that can't fit into just one person at one time. Ah, you got a okay. Sean, Sean, you got a question there. Yeah, I see it. Um, hold on one second. Let me get to it. Okay, Let Christina Lantis. Christina. Uh, man's interpretation of the Bible and what has been left out does not help us. 
the many interpretation, interpret, whatever that word is, of many. I believe God is like ice cream, so long as you believe God creators. Well, okay. I see a different question, Sean. Regarding a past lifetime, how do you get through blocking oneself due to fear of knowing what happened in a lifetime? Well, hmm. that's the difference between regression and retrieval. It's very important. Past life regression is not what I do because I am not a certified hypnotherapist. Only a certified hypnotherapist should do past life regression with you because if you see something, a traumatic death, a horrible experience, they know how to pull you back gently so that you can observe it but not relive it. What mm -hmm. I do with past life retrieval is it's like I go to the Akashic Library, pull down a book and say, read chapter two. The information is useful, right? but it doesn't. Because the thing I remind people is even if the life is awful, you're not an awful person. Your soul comes down and experiences this the way Matt Smith experienced being the 11th doctor and then Prince Philip and then whatever whack job he's playing on House of the Dragon. The soul is always clear, but it Thank asks you. us to do these parts so that we learn. Would you like to come back on the show? We're getting close to uh, the witching hour here. Would you like to come back we'll on at, again, Corbin? We'll look at the schedule because this is fun. Yes. Uh, I'm glad that you enjoy. We enjoy having you on. Um, how can some, how can our viewers and listeners get a hold of you? Oh, they can't avoid me, Sean. They really can't. CorbyMitLive.com <laughs> is the website. Find me on Medium, YouTube, uh, Instagram. Uh, I teach on Patreon, and it's not $4,000. Um, it's a pittance a month. And if I can teach it, I will. If it's something I don't know about, like specific crystals, I have people who will come in and teach. And the more information we can get you, the better off we all are. Thank you so much for being yeah, on, Corby. That was good. Thank you. You have a good a night now, hon. I was, a right. I was a Templar knight. I know it. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. As Be for well, another show, safe. John. What's right. that, bud? Thank you. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. No. Well, that was, that good. was a good show. Good. I think she hit it on the head with me, you know that I was a judge in Salem and I've always defended the cross. I've always, you know, I remember being in seventh grade and some kid came in in a white robe with a crown of thorns on his head, like he was mocking Jesus. I had all to do to not, it was eighth grade, walk up to that kid. I was going to get up and just beat the snot out of him for, for mocking, you know, but uh, I would have got kicked out of school. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is time for us to go. So I got to get a hold of Joe. Can you hear us? So you're going to have to set us up, bud. We may um, run into your show now. Thank you, Christine. I appreciate that compliment. All right, Joe. We need to get you out. What's coming up for you, buddy? John, what's going on? Can you send Joe a message? I uh, did. I don't have, you know, a meeting. I got a couple of luncheons set up the next couple of days with some people. Um, nah, nothing really, you know, nothing special. Okay, keep talking, John, because I'm going to put you on mute. I'm going to give him a call. Okay, yeah, go ahead and do that. Uh, 
All right. Well, you know, uh, let me also mention for those still on that, uh, you know, Sean brings up the Pittsburgh and the Philadelphia conferences. If you want to go to those, and they're not just UFO conferences, we have a wide array of speakers that go to both of those. You go to MUFONPA.com and you'll see the speakers. And a matter of fact, in Philly right now, I think I got David Paulides. We talked about the missing 411 uh, uh, two weeks ago. And uh, I think I got David Paulides to come to Philadelphia May 12th and 13th. Uh, he's definitely interested. He hasn't given me the, the yes yet. And uh, we have uh, Paul Hynek, whose father was Jay Allen Hynek. And he's going to talk about Project Blue Book and growing up. You know, he was the kid in the TV series there when his father was doing all of that stuff. Joe Jordan, who you heard on the show, uh, will be uh, there also. Uh, and then the Pittsburgh conference, uh, you know, we got a mix there. We got a guy, a professor from South Carolina coming up to talk about Bigfoot. Uh, uh, well, Fred's speaking at Philly. I want to mention that. And I'm speaking. I'm actually speaking at both of them. I'm talking about the, the demonic possession of Hitler and UFOs, which is a really cool talk. And we got Cosmic Ray Keller, who will be on, who talks about the Venus and some of these other uh, interdimensional type things. And it's a good, I think we got both Bill Burns uh, from UFO Hunters speaking at both. So we got a good lineup. James Krug, who was on this show, he's also speaking in Philly. Uh, I don't think, I'm trying to think, I don't know, maybe he is speaking to Pittsburgh too. I don't think he is though. Um, but a good lineup, Frank Chili, uh, Jesse Peake from MUFON, um, their MUFON international director is speaking also. He'll be there on Friday. And, and the Philly conference we do Friday, we got about seven, seven speakers, then a cocktail hour right in between. And uh, Saturday you have uh, six speakers, and uh, then we do a Q&A like this uh, with all the speakers at the end at a dinner. A buffet dinner so uh you know if you want to if you want to come to the conference april 29th in greensburg actually the uh youngwood the westmoreland community college and then the uh, philly one is actually in bucks county at the sheridan bucks county and then for me if you're interested in any of my books uh you can look me up on amazon or barnes and noble some of my books are in print they're all on kindle if you you know or nook if you have a kindle or or nook and uh i also have 110 podcasts like this that are on my website my youtube page but you can go to johnventry.com and then about two-thirds of the way down it says free lectures and you just click on that and it takes you to my youtube page and there's 110 shows there you know, ranging from a half hour to like two hours. So, you know, that's what I'd say, uh, you know, if you want to look me up or, or you want to go to either of the two conferences we have in PA. So uh, that's all I got. And we're, we're at the point here where we should be signing off. So we will talk to you next week. Thank you.